And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at the Athletic, and with my co-host, former Braves reliever Eric O'Flaherty. What's going on, Eric? What's up, Dave? Not much, man. Um, Braves coming off a doubleheader sweep at Detroit, which they really needed after losing the first se- first game up there. You obviously want to – it put them in that weird position because doubleheader sweeps are obviously difficult. Yeah. But they needed to do that to avoid, you know, losing, losing. the series. So, yeah. yeah. So, that was pretty – That was they responded uh, pretty impressively, especially considering they got two rough starts. They didn't get a good start out of either Strider or Dylan Dodd, who was on – at least Dylan Dodd had an excuse. He was called Tuesday night and flew and flown up there Wednesday morning to start the second game of the doubleheader. Um but the bullpen was phenomenal, and the offense was – Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were hitting bombs all day. Acuna, we'll talk about him, but uh, homered in both games. Uh, Harris had a huge first game, four for four, four RBIs with a homer. Uh, so they really responded well, I thought, in that – and that's not, it's not a hitter's park either. That's a big, spacious park. But the Braves were – broke out the bats big time on that uh, doubleheader sweep in the bullpen. Wow. That was, that was something. You can't bring your B game against this offense. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're if you're off, there's just there's not going to be a break. And, you know, there's always somebody in this offense that's been slumping that's ready to get hot. Yeah. You know, like Michael Harris, you give him he's been hitting the ball hard for a while, but you give him a chance and all of a sudden it's it's an eight run game. You know, yeah. and it's that's how this team's been for years. But this year feels even more like it. Like every time there's been a guy that's just a little, you know, leaving some stuff up in the zone. You just get freaking punished by this offense. They've got like six guys going well right now, yeah. you know, on, on any given game, six, seven guys, it seems All like. Year. Yeah. And, and at least three or four really are the, are the crucial guys going. Whereas at parts of the season, they had guys like Rosario struggling. They weren't getting anything out of center field when Harris was hurt, then when he was struggling. But right now, they're, they're getting about as much as you can get out of an offense. I mean, nobody's ever going to have all nine spots going, but they got about seven going at once. And yeah, it's pretty, it's a juggernaut, man. It's yeah. uh, explodes for explodes for offense in a hurry. It seems like, you know, it's it, Riley or Olsen can be struggling, but they're still a threat. So yeah. it's still, it's still work to get through them. And a lot of times when those guys are struggling, you know, people are locking in and pitching them really tough, but you get to the bottom half and there's some guys hot down there. Yeah. Acuna is lingering. You know, it's every time I see it, I'm like, if they can just turn this thing over to Acuna, and then and even, it starts right back over. And even when Austin and, and or even when Olsen and Austin Riley are uh, struggling, they still can pop one in the first inning. I mean, yeah. the, the first inning homers are just that's been a dynamic this year that hasn't been there in the past where, you know, Acuna was always a dangerous leadoff hitter, but they didn't have one of those guys hitting so many home runs in yeah. so many games. So they're just jumping out on teams early so many times this year, something that was not a big component in the Braves' offense in the past, despite Acuna being a terrific leadoff hitter in the past. Now the first inning, they're, they're putting up runs, and, and and quite often it's crooked numbers in the first inning. Yeah, and it's not a wall scraper. You know, I mean, there's there's something about when you give up a ball 460 that's like – Demoralizing. Fuck. Yeah, I got I got to <laughs> – we're going to have to lock in. So they – uh Braves have won nine out of 11 games. They moved to a league best 42 and 26. They opened a four and a half game lead in the East over the Marlins. The Marlins are hanging in there, man. They look for real. Um, and the Phillies are playing a lot better too. And they got the Phillies next week after this Colorado series that starts tonight. Four game series starting tonight in Atlanta. Then you go up to Philly. Uh, so that's going to be interesting there. The, uh, it's the largest division lead in the NL, second in the majors to Tampa Bay's five-game lead, and Tampa Bay's been playing great all year. So 
you know, for all those that were so concerned about the Braves and things falling apart, the fact that they've maintained this pace without Max Freed, without Cal Wright, you know, with with key injuries up and down the lineup at various times and in the bullpen at various times is pretty impressive. It's a really impressive start. It's all about the unit. You know, it's all about the the vibe. And we talk about this every episode, I know. But they've had a lot of challenges thrown at them, and they just keep plugging away. And also, you know, the lineup depth, the bullpen's been pretty solid. There's been a couple tough spots. But it's been a pretty consistent team regardless of what you've thrown at them. And every time somebody goes down or something happens, you know, it's not yeah. that – how are they going to recover? How are they going to get through this? It's kind of just like, you know, I feel like, oh, they'll do it. They'll be fine. Like when Ozuna got hit. Yeah. It's like, shit, you know, that could be a blow to the offense. But, that, okay, now you got six guys hot instead of seven. It's not, Nothing's really too scary until it starts being, you know, three or four guys that are crucial to get hurt. And we should note that right away. They've, they've it looks like they avoided, uh, they dodged a couple of bullets there because Azuna yeah. looked like it could have been a broken hand briefly when he was hit. Wait, he's holding out, that. Yeah, he came out of the game. You thought hamate bone. This could be out for a while. Um, turns out it was not. It was really just soreness because he was back in the lineup for game two of uh, the doubleheader. Very good sign, obviously. Uh, and then let, yesterday, Chavez goes down. And Jesse, we've talked about how he's pitched at an all-star level, really. I mean, one five five ERA this year. Um, he's been phenomenal. He goes down yesterday, gets hit, gets drilled by a Miguel Cabrera 99-mile-an-hour one-hopper. And it reminded me so much of Charlie getting hit by the uh, one-hopper in yeah. uh, the World Series when Charlie ended up with a broken leg. And the way they carried uh, – the Chavez off the field. The, the trainers had to carry him off the field. He couldn't yeah. put any weight on it, you know. And it was it was like he's obviously he didn't want to leave on a cart, but it was the same thing being carried off, you know. So I thought, oh, he, he looks it looks like he's done. Uh, turns out the X rays were clean. They did MRIs and that nothing showed the, the CT scan. Nothing showed up on it at all. Um, I'm told he's sore this morning, but. They think they're going to be out. Uh, they think they're going to be uh, avoid an IL, but we'll see. But even if he, even if it was an IL, it'd be the minimum. In other Ten words, days, yeah. yeah in other words, it's not a uh, yeah. Fifteen days. It's not a uh, long term thing, and, and he might even avoid it altogether if it's only gonna, if they think it'll only take a few days. You ever seen him in a pair of shorts? Oh yeah. There's some skinny legs. Yeah. yeah. That's what he said. He got lucky because it hit. He said, the only part of my calf that's actually got any flush there, the ball hit <laughs> on the top of his calf where he had a little bit of muscle, where he had a little bit of muscle instead of directly on the bone. Because he wears his pants so baggy, you couldn't really tell where it hit. Because no. He wears like one it, of the best unis in the game. <laughs> it looked like it might have hit the, the the knee at first, which yeah, could have been done some serious damage. Then, then it looked. Then, uh, you know, if you watch the replay, it looked like it hit directly on the bone, on the shin, or on the, yeah. uh, you know, below the knee. But it didn't. It hit some of the calf, and that really that made a difference, I think. But I'm sure it's probably quite black and blue today, and purple. Yeah, it's gonna. That's when I think we talked yesterday. I was thinking DL just because, you know, it's gonna. Even though it's not broken, it's gonna hurt to put weight on it, and you just had a double header. I thought they'd have to do the 10 and just, you know, the minimum, like you said, let them recover because it's going to be three or four or five days before it feels good to put weight on it. And when it's your legs, you know, that's going to affect how you, right. how you, you know, place weight and, and your mechanics and your balance and everything. Um, but I mean, there's like 10 pounds of meat on his entire body yeah. <laughs> and it found, it found half a pound of it on his calf. <laughs> Who knows, man? If he's out for a few days, it might actually help. You know, I mean, he could use because it's it's almost impossible for Snit not to use him for three or four yeah. days. So if he's out three or four days, it could be a little little bit of a rest, even though he hasn't complained of any arm fatigue. They're now, using he's him an a alien lot. as far as that goes. Yeah, he's. Got I think a he could pitch arm. in ninety games a year. Rubber arm at thirty nine is really rare, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was telling Cam how you know I I I throw once or twice a week now just for fun and if I let a few eat you know I need I need three or four days before it feels good again and there's just there's other guys that they just age different you know I mean to be doing what he's doing at 39 or what Charlie's doing it's crazy. Uh, speaking of what somebody's doing, being crazy, Ronald Acuna. That's my segue. Ooh. 
nobody has ever even had a 35-60 season. And he's on pace to blow through that, man. This guy, what he continues to do amazes me. And it's not just that he's compiling the numbers. It's how he's doing it. The home runs and the hard ball rate, he's hitting more long balls than anybody in the majors. And he's hitting more hard hit balls than anybody in the majors. Do you have the stat for that? Yeah, he's got – Sir Lang's had some great stats yesterday. She does such a good job at this stuff. He's got 11 – 460-foot-plus home runs in his career, second most by any players in the StatCast era behind Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton. who has got a five-year lead on him. And he's got about 60 pounds on him. Yeah, at least. At least. He's got the most 450-plus-foot home runs before July in a season in the StatCast era. Uh, all right, second most. Stanton had eight before July in 2023 or 2015, Acuna's got six. Um, I'd like to point out that 2015 was one of the juice ball years too. Stanton finished, yeah. Stanton finished uh, with ten. Let's see, yeah, ten, and he's already got six. Acuna does, and we're not through June. Here's another one: the Braves. Primarily him, but also Austin Riley, also some other guys. They've hit 13 450-foot-plus home runs this year. No other team has hit more than six. The Rockies have the most, and we obviously know what their altitude does for them. They have the most in the StatCast era in a single season, 2015. Again, juice ball era and altitude, they hit 19. He's going to do that. <laughs> most, most by a non-Colorado team, 15 by the Marlins and Yankees in 2017. The Braves already have 13. We're not we're not halfway through the season. Barely over a third of the way in the season. <laughs> I, I saw another stat of Acuna that he had, whatever it was, you know, say like 112, 113, 114. He had more of those balls hit that hit hard. Ball. The than teams. like than team the half the leagues in the team it's like half tw- the teams in the league it's like it's actually more than like twenty five of the thirty teams yeah. he yeah. has more hard hit balls over one hundred ten miles an hour one hundred ten hundred fifteen I think it's one hundred ten than like twenty five of the thirty teams it is it's crazy it's ridiculous yeah that's what it was I, I found it he has a lead leading thirty sixth ball hit with an exit velocity over one ten. It's more than 23 teams <laughs> by himself. Oh, that is insane. Send me that stat, man. I will. Even I'll, that that I'll, first one he hit in the doubleheader, he's the only guy I know that cannot get all of it. Yeah. You know, he's, he was a little out front. He's the only guy I've watched that cannot get it all and go dead center at Tiger Stadium or at Comerica. He homered in each of those games. And that first one, the second one was ridiculous. It was off the top of the batter's eye up there in the ivy or the fake ivy. I don't know if it's real. I think it's real there. And nobody hits him up there. And that was that was another one of those conservative estimates. That thing was 470. I don't understand how the wall's, what, 412 or 420 or something, and the ball's oh, 60 yeah. feet high. And yeah. it hits probably 10, 15 feet behind the fence because that goes back a little bit. Oh, yeah. And, and you're At telling me it only goes – it only 20. goes. 40, 50 feet over the fence yeah, as a whole. Was, I mean, yeah, you could underhand a ball 50 feet. That second estimate was ridiculously low. Um, I throw my keys 50 feet when my wife needs them. Yeah, like that's it's farther than that. But the first one I thought was so cool because his hero, his boyhood idol, from his, the, obviously Miguel Cabrera from Venezuela, uh, the hero in Venezuela, and, and Acuna might be the most prominent hitter since Miguel Cabrera from Venezuela. He's kind of taken the torch. And that game was almost like a passing of the torch, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Miguel Cabrera, who's having a bad year. I mean, he's old. He's, he's way, way, way done, obviously. But he's riding out the contract. But he had a big game, man. He had a big yeah. day. Miguel he's still Miguel good. Cabrera. <laughs> he could still turn on the ball. But he hits a long homer. And then Acuna answers him like an inning later and hits one himself. It was very cool. And the two of them talked before the game. That, it was just really cool. You know Acuna is just so proud and thrilled to be able to do that, to see to see Miguel do it and then to answer with one of his own and then hit another one in the second game, you know, in front yeah. of his hero, his boyhood idol. That had to be just so cool for him to do that. I, I think that no matter how big you get, there's certain people that are always larger than life to you. 
Yeah. You know, and for him, I'm sure that's that was Griffey for me. And I got to face him in 2007. It's the coolest moment in my career, you know, just to see that guy standing in the box. Regardless, I mean, he was he was kind of toward the end, but he was making his way back his first time playing at Safeco as a visiting player because he'd been in the National League. And he's yeah. getting a standing ovation every at bat, even when we picked over when he was in the box, the whole crowd booed. You know, so it was like a cool, it was a pretty cool moment for me. But even when I met Griffey, I met him in San Francisco. I couldn't speak. You know, it was like one of the, I was just so <laughs> starstruck by him yeah, that I yeah. couldn't, I just, I said hi, shook his hand, just looked at him and then I just ran away. You know, there's certain people like that in your career. So I bet that's, that's kind of who Cabrera is to him. Yeah. I mean, he's not the type to get too awestruck, but you could tell, I mean, that's, that's the exception. Those are those kind of the guys that, uh, you know, and he's been fortunate in his career already to have been in home run derbies and have been in clubhouse, the locker room with these guys at all-star games. But to see Miguel, just the two of them talking on the field before the game and all that, it had to be pretty cool for him. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You look at it as looking at his baseball reference page right now, what Acuna's doing. I mean, this is kind of one of those seasons you see in black type on his name, like you see on the Mike Trouts, mm, you know, on the Hank Aaron's, on people yeah. like that, that kind of black type in a season. You might usually you're lucky if you see maybe two black types on a guy's name in a season, yeah. which is leading the league or leading the majors. Right he's now it. he's leading the majors in runs with fifty nine. Five. He's He's leading the league in hits with the National League with 92, mm-hmm. leading the National League in stolen bases with 29, which is one or two off the major league lead. I haven't looked, I didn't look today. Um, and he's leading the league in, in total bases with 160. In most normal years, he'd be leading the league in batting average, but Arise is, you know, threatening 400. He's but still third. He's hitting, he's hitting 333, man, over a third of the way into the season. And has a 405 OBP, which is really encouraging uh, to see him getting the walks now, too. Um, he's walking at the highest, what, highest rate? Well, his highest rate since, since uh, the, that incredible 2019 season. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and the strikeouts are down. That's the thing. It's, that's, he's, he's having by far his best year in terms of uh, walks to strikeouts. He's got 32 walks with only 40 strikeouts, man. Which is phenomenal uh, for a guy with that much power in this today's game. That's phenomenal. What's well, I think it goes back to what I was saying about a guy that cannot quite get it all and still go to dead center at, at, in Detroit. What he did twice yesterday. No, what that does it's it's kind of the opposite effect of when a guy goes to a real pitcher's park and you see them all of a sudden it affects their entire game at the plate because now they're swinging harder. Like Beltre when he went to the Mariners. Yeah. Once he got out of there, you saw his, he took right back off and was the player that they thought he was when they signed him. Yeah. But as soon as you hit like t- three or four balls into a gap, a backspin, and a good angle on them, and you think they're gone, you can't help but start swinging a little bit harder and a little bit harder. And I think that's where he was last year. But this year, he's he's at f- firing on all cylinders. He can miss balls and hit home runs. So he doesn't have to expand the zone. He doesn't have to start a swing early. Yeah. If it's there, he's just got to barrel it. Like that, I've never seen somebody casually hit a ball 460 like he did yesterday. That wasn't it, even – he's that, not even out, off balance. Yeah, it looks it was, like a BP swing. Yeah, those two swings yesterday, those two home runs were so impressive. But, yeah, that 405 OBP would be as high as since 2020, and that was the shortened year, obviously. That was only 46 games, so that didn't really count. He had 406 that year. 
Uh, and he only hit 250 that year. So he was hitting 333 with a 405, 580 slugging, which would be his highest since 2021 when he slugged 596 and a 985 OPS. In other words, he is right back where he was in 2021 when he was playing at the MVP level yeah. before his knee injury. That is what he's doing right now. The, the stats are so similar, except he's hitting 50 points higher. It's that like he's year, got a metal bat. That year he had 24 homers in 82 games before he blew out his knee the week uh, the weekend before the All-Star break. Um, right now, I mean, he's got 12 more stolen bases than he had that year in 84 games. 985 OPS to 990. 160 total bases already. He had 177 that year in a, in in uh, 84 games. He's played, what, 14 fewer games. Uh, and the OPS Plus, we're at 161 right now. He was at 158 that year. So he's having a better year. We wondered if he could get back to that level when it would be. He's back. He's back, yeah. and he's playing the best baseball of his life. It is well, pretty I, phenomenal. What is he, 24? 25. 25. So, I mean, that's this is kind of the age where you start figuring the game out. Yeah. Um, and what we think we talked about it before is like we, he didn't even know what he was doing when he first got called up. Like he's he's learning the game when he's 20, 21, 22. You're learning all these things, how they're going to pitch you, what situations you're probably get, not getting anything to hit. I think now you're getting to see like this guy's learning the game and now he's becoming a smart player, but he still has the tools he had when he was 20. Really, and, and if you think about it, he really missed more than a year because he missed the whole half season. And then yeah. last year he was playing at a very diminished capacity and always worried about his knees. So he wasn't really learning yeah. the game as much as he is playing while he's playing at full capacity. So, I mean, he's in that regard, he's, he's an in, a relatively inexperienced 25. I mean, he did yeah. break in at an early age, but still, I mean, this is uh, – to see him pick up where he was in 2021 is really, really impressive. And it's just uh, – just when you think you can't be more impressed by Acuna, what he, his, how much ability he's got, I've been more impressed this year by what he's done this year yeah. than ever. What he's doing uh, right yeah. now. And he's playing every day, every inning. That's even yeah. more on top of everything else. He's not even like needing a day off or nagging this or that or coming out of games early. He's playing every inning. Yeah. Oh, and it might have made him a better player having to play at eighty percent last year, because that's when you got to start thinking and yeah. and maybe sitting on pitches and and doing those things that when his bat speeds at just ridiculous levels like it is now, he may not have to do that. But he might have learned last year. He might have had to cheat to pitches and and learn some of those tricks that you don't you don't get a chance to learn when you're just a freak of nature. So it might have been a good thing for him overall. And his hips weren't exploding last year because that yeah. knee, what he didn't trust his knee. So, yeah, it's uh, it's something. And you know, yesterday he plays both in, both games, every inning of both games of a doubleheader. And that was a, a regular doubleheader. That wasn't even a split doubleheader. No time for hot dogs in between. You know, no, half hour, 40 minutes, 20, that's there. it. Keep going. Yeah. Homer in each end of it. He did that. That's the kind of stuff he was doing before he got hurt too. Homer in each end of a doubleheader. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a, I just, uh, you, you hope everybody appreciates what you're seeing because it's easy to get jaded watching a guy like that, you know, and just gets kind of spoiled and take it as, uh, oh, that's him. That's how good he is. I think everybody just needs to take a step back and go, there's a real good chance you'll never see another player like this as long as you're alive. Yeah. It's just like yeah, watching I mean, Willie a- Mays and Hank Aaron when they're young. That's how, that, yeah. that's what this is like. Yeah. And that's how people talk about them. You know, yeah. I mean, you can look at their numbers or you can actually be there to witness it and th- see the things they're doing. It's more impressive when you actually see it than yeah. just looking at numbers. And that's how I feel. I feel like he's better than his numbers. You know, just watching him, the stuff he does, seeing him, that that ball he hit, he was a little out front and still went dead center. Th- those are the things that you see that, you know, that, that doesn't show up in the in the books or anything. But right. he does stuff that just makes you just scratch your head on how it's possible. And he does it weekly if not daily yeah i mean you don't feel like he's maxed out yet i mean he's still doing all this and you still think but he's he still does something uh, every once in a while he'll do something you're not seeing him do yet and you're like he could start doing that on a more regular basis who knows who knows what the ceiling is for this guy it might be he might have a a stretch here 
between 25 and 30 because he's just entering his peak. I mean, this is the entering your peak years. He might have a stretch here where he averages 35 homers and, you know, the stolen bases will start dipping because he'll stop running as much as he gets a little older. But he's going to have a three or four year stretch here where he might average 35 homers and 50 to 60 stolen bases. I'd be shocked if he doesn't go 40-40. Yeah, I mean, especially if he makes it a focal point. I think he could do that this year still easily. Yeah, Yeah, he could get hot and have a a two-week span of 12 homers. Yeah, the home runs. We saw it yesterday. He hits two in one day and and makes it look easy. The fact that he has so many more home uh, long home runs than anybody else tells you that he could hit more home runs. I mean, because he is not hitting any fence scrapers. Throw in 10 fence scrapers, and my goodness – yeah. So it's going to be fun to see the rest of this season, man. Yeah, imagine him at Yankee Stadium. Oh, jeez. You know, those balls he was flicking out to, to right field at the Home Run Derby. Be he could be 0-2 out front, front foot, and just slap it to right for a homer. I mean, while part of me, the selfish, selfishly you want to see him do the Home Run Derby in Seattle, but another part to me says – Let's just rein it back in for a few days, man. Play in the game, <laughs> take some time off because he's not sitting out any games. It might yeah. be a good – rather than him because he's, he's so competitive that if that home run derby, he's going to go for it, man. And I you don't just, know that there's anything that can mess this guy up. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just don't know what's to be gained by it, you know? Well, I think people would have – the, the thing he can gain is it's more, you know, personal. But right. people can see that he has more power than anybody because – he might leave Safeco Field if he does it. Yeah, he might I mean, go out of the stadium to left. He does this stuff in games. He he does a home run derby in games, man. <laughs> yeah. The coolest thing I think still to this day, the coolest thing I've ever seen him do is that first home run derby, just taking BP swings and going out to right center at uh, in Cleveland. I had, nobody goes opposite field in the home run derby, and he was just doing it like a round of BP, just flicking them out. Uh, Jeff Schultz, our columnist. Uh, Talked to Alex Anthopoulos this morning. Got some uh, bad news in a way. Uh, I mean, we said Chavez might have to go on the IL for 15 days. Uh, It's nothing serious, but he woke up real sore today, and he is going to go on the IL. So you'd hope they'd be able to avoid that, but he is going to go on the IL. So there you go. Jeff just reported this. That'll be a loss for a few days because he's really – uh, several appearances, rather, during that stretch because he's been just a rock for these guys. Him and Colin yeah. McHugh. And McHugh won't be able to pitch for a few days after that incredible three innings he pitched yeah. yesterday. But anyway, so there you go. Jeff, Jesse Chavez is going to the IL after getting hit in the in the uh, shin. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's all. Isn't that baseball? Having the year of your career at 39 and something like that's going to be what derails you, you know, and hopefully he comes back and he's the same. But certain and, guys, man, stuff like this comes up right when you're finally shining. And, and I mean, I really thought he had, if he kept it going, a chance to make the All-Star team. Well, he still it, should. It's only even, a couple weeks. Even though they, they don't take – yeah, it is. It, if he gets back in 15 days, he still has a chance because he's already got 31 appearances. One five five ERA, really low whip. I mean, they they take guys that now. They didn't used to take any. It used to be all starting pitchers and like yeah. a couple of closers. But then they started taking an occasional setup guy because the roles changed so much. And, and you like, had to be a setup guy that was throwing ninety eight, striking everybody out, right. and and making a name for yourself. It wasn't throwing ninety one and just having big balls out there. But there's a movement afoot, uh, yeah. and it more gets out there, and people start going, you know what, he is, you know, and people start mentioning it nationally and all that. So still a chance. We'll see. First, you just want to get him back in 15 days, though. But I, yeah. what he was saying, that, that shouldn't be a problem. And, uh, as far as I know, CT scan or nothing has shown anything. Uh, the, all the tests were negative, but he's just really sore, and they know they yeah. won't be able to use him for a few days. So, uh, Michael Harris, four-hit game in game one of the doubleheader yesterday. To think that just over a week ago, we had some people suggesting he be sent to AAA. Good thing I didn't send him to AAA. He's helped the Braves win a lot of games since then. His uh, his his real resurgence has coincided kind of with their nine out of eleven here. He's been going for eight games now, though. Um, four for four with four RBIs in the first game of that doubleheader yesterday. Even after going hitless in a nightcap, that's a nice four for eight day. 
past eight games, he's 14 for 31. He's had 452, three doubles, three homers, eight RBIs in eight games, only three strikeouts and a 1308 OPS in that span. He's lifted his OPS from a putrid 490 to 652 in eight games. Yeah. And it, it doesn't even feel, I mean, it, do, it never feels like, because there's just so much bulk in your stats already at this point in the season, you get rewarded enough, but he's been hitting the shit out of the ball. I can't, I, I have a hard time getting over his opposite field homers. Yeah. Because it looks like he cuts it almost, you know, like he doesn't completely square it up and those things just carry his his opposite field power. Yeah, he got robbed of one a yeah. couple days ago. Yeah. But they just, but, they just keep going. It yeah. doesn't look like he hits them that good. Right. Yeah, line drives, man. It's got impressive opposite field power. And I take back what I said about uh, he might need to figure out his optimum weight and all that because he put on so much muscle in his lower body. And now he's obviously learned to use that <laughs> because he's looked great during his stretch. I mean, he's running. He's running like himself again. The back yeah. clearly was an issue that was lingering because he looks like himself now. He's really – showing great speed again now, making some great plays in the outfield. So you got him back. You did what you did without him really for, you know, over a month and a half of the season. And I think there's something to what Snit, how Snit puts it is, especially with a young guy, you get hurt early. He gets hurt like second week of the season. So he misses basically a month, over three weeks. And it's right when the rest of the league is getting going. Right. So everybody else is getting everything going. Locking in. Locking in. So he's starting, when he comes off the IL, it's back like he's starting the season again or like he's in the middle of spring training, you know, because he hadn't, he hardly played at all. He hardly had any rehab games. And he's thrown right back into the mix where everybody's going full speed. Everybody's up to, everybody's, you know, locked in at that point. Pitchers, everybody. So he's like desperately trying to catch up. And that was the worst, uh, coincided with the worst skid of his life, worst slump of his life. There's definitely a feeling it out period. You get through spring training, it's hard to take anything from it. And then the season starts and you're kind of like, all right, you're figuring out who you are this year. And if yeah. you miss that where everybody else is kind of doing the same thing and seeing if their offseason adjustments are going to play out or not, can I really you know, hit the ball the other way more? And can, am, I, am I this guy? And right. then everybody kind of goes back to their old habits or their new shit works. Then you get like mid-May, everybody's yeah. locked in. And now our numbers are real, and I'm trying to have a season. We're trying to win games. And sometimes just missing that, it's almost like a grace period to start the year, the first two or three weeks. When you have to reset and try to have that grace period in yeah. the middle of the season when it's like the game's so much faster by June and July. And also we talked about how unlucky he was early because his hard hit rate is bad, but yeah. nothing – coincide nothing was was he it was everything was indicating that he was one of the worst at some of the worst luck in the majors yeah. there for a while well some of that's turning around now like the home run he gets that uh would have been caught a while back ago. bounces yeah. off the guy and goes over so yeah. um big to get him back going like he is because he's obviously he was a huge part of their success last year so to get him going again in the bottom half of the order, you got him down there. It gives you so much down there, especially as the lineup's turning back over to Acuna. Um, got a couple of comments that we sh- that, that I wanted to address that we saw in here. One said, um, who was it asked, are we going to see, is it realistic to think we're going to see uh, uh, Freed and Wright? Well, Freed is not, nothing has changed with Freed. I don't know why. I mean, it's almost like people don't see him. He's out for exactly how long we said he was going to be out. I mean, nobody yeah. nobody was saying he was going to be back. He's on a 60-day IL. And just because he's not pitching in rehab games yet doesn't mean anything. I mean, this is the time where he needs to start a rehab assignment to get back sometime right after the All-Star break. That hasn't changed. There has been no setbacks with Max, right? He's not throwing yet. So we don't know how long he's going to be, but we said all along he was going to be out longer it's a shoulder. It's a recurring thing, so they're going to be extra careful with him. And, I mean, I don't realistically expect to see him before August, mid-August, or even September. If they get right for the stretch drive in a postseason, they'll be thrilled. That's what they're looking for from yeah. him. They hope to have. That's why they're going to be careful. They can't have a third setback in one year with that shoulder. So they're yeah. not going to bring him back early and rush it at all. But he's not begun – Last I checked, the last week he hadn't even begun throwing yet. So, but free, yeah, he's throwing. He's doing long toss. He's doing. He was doing all that. I think he's off the mound now. Some I think. So we'll see. We'll find out yet today about the mound. But 
as far as I know, there's been no setbacks. Uh, as of last week, there had not been, and they're still aiming at sometime around the All-Star break, maybe right after the break. So that's they're definitely looking to have him for the second half. Yeah, it, it's so nice the team's been able to do this without them because it'd be really Pretty tempting. Amazing. It's really tempting when you have guys this good to try to rush them back, and a lot of teams would. Pretty amazing that they've been able to do this, uh, especially the starters ERA, considering how they're piecing together those last couple of spots in, a, in there with the young kids, man. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. How much? Somebody said, how much concern about Strider? There's some concern. I'd be more concerned if he was showing signs of injury. And by that, I mean, yes, the velocity's down, the command's yeah. off. But it's not showing any indication out there of like shaking his arm off or of wincing or of coming out early. And 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 if you're Spencer Strider, rather than continue to pitch at like a six ERA like he has in his last uh, six starts, I think you're going to point out that yeah, I'm having some problems with that, or I'm gonna you're gonna yeah. you're gonna skip a start. You're not just going to keep running out there. He's a smart guy who's He's been through, smart. Yeah. through Tommy John who's been through Tommy John, he's not going to go out there and pitch injured and not say anything about it. There's nothing to be gained by that. And he's got his long-term contract already. So, and he's not trying, it's not like he's trying to get an extension. Nothing to prove. So that's why knowing the kid, that's why I'm not worried that there's something there uh, injury-wise. He's just, he's just struggling with his mechanics big time. And, And like you talked about last week, you know, he's getting hit with a velo down a mile an hour or two. He's missing. He's not, you know, he can't miss at 96 like, like he could at 99. Right, yeah. right. And he's missing over the plate, and it's getting hit hard. And he's missing with a slider, too, you know. And and some people are spitting on that slider. He's throwing some wild pitches. He's bouncing some. Um, so, and then he's, so then he's getting behind, and he's leaving pitches over the middle. So, yeah, he's got to get it figured out. But he said, he said he's had problems with mechanics basically all year even when it wasn't showing up because he was throwing 99, so he was getting away with some stuff. But uh, I, I wouldn't say there's a big uh, – there's any real concern because I think it's something that he can – but, yeah, the velocity dip, you kind of – you wonder. You wonder why – what's going on there. But I think, if, like, he, it, his his mechanics when he's on are so perfect – that he's that he smoothed he he worked on him so hard for three years after Tommy John that he had it down last year and it's like a delivering a laser when he's throwing 99, 100 miles an hour. That maybe when he's a little off, that's what we're seeing. He's down to 95, 96, throwing some at 94. But like he peaked, he topped out yesterday at 95, uh, eight, and it was like in the first inning. Um, you know, I it's really hard to learn how to pitch when you have an invisible. And what last year was what a career high in innings for him. I'm thinking, yeah. And a longer season, you know, a lot of times after that first really stretched out season, you experience kind of a dead arm the next year. So it might not be anything mechanical, whatever. But you have to go through these periods to learn which days you can get away with 96 down the middle and which days you have 99 down the middle. And I think that's kind of what he's going through is more than anything just. Maybe a little fatigue from the season before, not having yeah. that same fastball. But, you know, I hate it when I'm watching the games and he'll finally give up a homer or something like that and the location gets pointed out. Right. And I'm like, if you watched him pitch right. last year, right. he was throwing 99 mile an hour dick balls all season. Right. He had an invisible fastball. Yeah. And so I don't think, do I have concern about him? No, it's this is part of the learning how to be a major leaguer. Uh, journey, you know, you you gotta you gotta learn how to pitch when you don't have your best stuff, and you can't learn how to pitch when you make a mistake and it's a strikeout every time. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, there's there's not a lot of learning opportunity when you're throwing 99 and nobody can touch it. You just have to get it in the box. You just have to get it in the zone. And it, yeah, they're spitting on some more sliders because they don't have to cheat as much. And that's what I've seen is I've seen guys be able to catch up to his fastball when it's in a hittable place versus last year or the year before or even early this year uh-huh. I've, I've watched him and i've watched him throw a fastball right down the middle in a right. 2-0 count and the hitter swings three inches under it because they just can't get to it and if that's how you've trained yourself to pitch you know congrats on your perfect mechanics and your 99 mile an hour fastball but now you get to the point where i'm throwing 96 and it's hittable <laughs> now it's just a it's a matter of him recognizing it okay they're 
you know, and I see it, I see it a lot of times because I'll see how many strikeouts he gets and you'll watch and it's like, oh, that was a strikeout early in the season or last year that, that, and they're fouling balls off or putting good swings on them. They're not swings and misses. If he can recognize that early and be like, all right, I don't have that dynamite fastball today. Yeah. I got to get more to the corners. And I think that's the adjustment he needs to make is just recognizing the days where you're just not going to get a free pass on a fastball down the middle like you did when you had 99. And if he comes out and he has the 99, yeah, then I'm just filling up the zone because nobody's hitting it when he's on. When he's locked in, he can throw it wherever he wants. It just has to mix in sliders to keep him a little off balance. It's a really easy game when you have that stuff. But it, the game's getting a little harder without the the primo fastball. And he'll make the adjustment, you know, that as thoughtful as the guy is, yeah, he's going to figure this out pretty quick. His uh, four-seamer this year, average velo, 97.0. Last year, average velo, 98.2. Um, remember, at this time last year, he had just moved into the rotation. He was in the bullpen in May, June, or, or April, May. So he moves into rotation at the beginning of June. Uh, and I think there's something to be said for uh, the maximum innings that he pitched last year, by far mm-hmm. the most in his career. Uh, I mean, and this is a guy that, you know, was hurt a couple of years in college with the Tommy John. So he's never really piled up innings anywhere. Yeah. Um, and last year, he's on that record strikeout pace. So it's like he's not only piling up innings, but he's blowing so many hitters away. He's not pitching to contact. He's just blowing right. guys away. So he threw so many pitches at 99, 98 or above last year, just like by far the most. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. I think he's in that feeling out period where he's figuring out, you know, how to pitch, with his stuff, what he needs to do, that kind of thing. The uh, slider, by the way, is at uh, average velo is at uh, 85.4 this year. Last year was 86.3. Change up. He's thrown he's, – I thought he would throw the change up a little bit more, start mixing it in, especially when the other stuff is off a little bit. But he hasn't so far. He's thrown six change-ups um, to uh, right-handed batters and 85 to left-handers last year. He threw nine to right-handed batters and a hundred to left-handed batters. So, I mean, I guess he's throwing a little bit more, but not, not much at all. Well, what's going to convince you to work on a third pitch? Yeah, <laughs> setting strikeout records, right? Probably right, not. Right. You know, I mean, that's this is just how it goes. Is you make adjustments when they're needed. You don't just start making adjustments for fun. You know, it's not he's not going to get right. beat last year, early this year when he's on a tear on his third best pitch. What stands out, because uh, the spin rate on the fastball is the same, uh, a little bit higher, actually. What stands out is the opponent's slugging percentage. Last year, opponents hit 201, and they slugged only 295 against his fastball, which is ridiculous. This year, they're hitting 228, but they're slugging 455 against the fastball. They're hitting some home runs on it. Well, that's that backspin. You know, I mean, that's that's unfortunate side of... Yeah, he's generating the power. You get those swing and misses, but when you have that much carry on your fastball, everybody's swinging under it. When you see them swing and miss, they're under it. They're not over the top of it. So you're not getting ground balls and cheap singles. When they connect and barrel it, it's going to be in the air on his fastball. He gave up uh, He gave up a career-high three homers yesterday in the first two innings Yeah, before he recorded his fifth out. It was really weird to see. You know, you're just not used to that from this guy. Uh, to see guys taking him deep like that, especially uh, you know a team like Detroit at that ballpark, big ballpark, uh, finished with settled in and had some pretty decent you know the next four innings to give us up one more run, but it was a bad day for him obviously, and he's yeah. had a string of them now. He gave up seven hits, five runs over five innings. Was very upset with himself for not going deeper, especially in the first game of a doubleheader. It's a pride thing, you know, stress the bullpen like that, and then Jesse gets hurt and blah blah blah. Um, Two walks, had a season low six strikeouts. Pretty that's something when, when you can have a season low six strikeouts. <laughs> yeah, but that was it for him. Um, and like I said, it's a it's a string of, of games now. This is this is this is the alarming part if there is one. He's allowed thirty one hits, twenty five runs, twenty three earned, and ten homers in thirty two innings in his past six starts. I mean, he's he's providing the power and the backspin. You know, that's that's how he's going to get hurt is the long ball. But yeah, like I said, if you watch his games in the past or if you add two miles an hour to any of these pitches the guys are hitting, yeah. their pop-ups or deep center field, they're, right. it's not the same. But 
I, I always think about it because people never think two or three miles an hour makes that big of a difference. But even it does. when it does. Iglesias came back this year, and he had some he had some good games throwing a changeup. His changeup was only four miles an hour slower than his fastball. You guys were way out front on it. You know that's it makes a big difference. Yeah, his uh, his ERA has gone from. I mean, he's gone from being the front runner, clear front runner for for the Cy Young earliest early in the season, but he was the front runner. His ERA has gone from one six zero to four one two in that six start span. Still yeah. has forty eight strikeouts in that span in thirty two innings, but he also has fifteen walks, and it's the hits total obviously that jumps out thirty one and thirty two innings over that span with ten homers. So. Well, if I mean, this winds up being the stuff he has, if this winds up being who he is, he can absolutely pitch with the stuff he's got right now. Yeah. You just have to know that this is who I am and this is what I got. And like I said, you can't you can't learn how to get through this in any other way but going through it. Right. You can't just sit there when you're blowing fastballs by everybody and be like, shit, I wasn't locating great today. Well, I struck out 13. Yeah. Right. Am I really going to change anything? It's you right. give up the three homers. That's when you start saying, okay. The fastball up has to be a little higher. The fastball down and away has to actually be on a corner. It can't just be middle third. Yeah, I think if he if this is his stuff, and I don't think it's going to be his stuff, but if his stuff is closer to this than say you know throwing ninety nine a whole game, then I think the third pitch, the changeup, if that's what yeah. it's going to be, his guy he's got to hone it and start throwing it more. He can't yeah. he can't get by with two pitches if you're throwing ninety five ninety six. Without well, I mean, his fastball was an out pitch. You know, if you think about a guy that has a wipeout, you know, splitter uh-huh. or curveball or something like that, that's harder on your arm than the fastball. So you can't have a starting pitcher go and throw their out pitch for 85 pitches a game. But he yeah. can throw his out pitch, which was a fastball, swing and miss fastball for seven innings and throw 80% fastballs. It's easy on your arm. He said uh, after the game, he said it wasn't very good. We won the game. That's what matters. So credit to everybody else. He said uh, – because he, you know, he mentioned his last start, how bad, you know, the mechanics that he struggled with most of the season. He said, yeah, there's a few things. I mean, he goes, I, like, I actually made some progress today, but I need the results to show it. That's it. That's what really matters. I don't want to go out there and be a liability. I'm not really putting us in a position to win a game very often. Fortunately, we've been able to when I've pitched, but certainly not because of anything I've done. Credit to everybody else continuing to pick me up and play well. I got to figure out how to be better. Totally accountable, man. Just yeah. totally held himself accountable. No excuses, nothing. Yeah. Didn't say, yeah, we won the game. I mean, he's like, we won the game, but it wasn't because of me. Totally and that's the key. Yeah. That's the key. You know, you see good players early in their career. And sometimes it, it would happen to me too, but sometimes you put up a zero. But, you you know, I had this game against the Mets in maybe 20, 2009 or something. I remember I felt like Delgado, Beltron, David Wright. And I threw two scoreless. But I was centimeters away from giving up six. Yeah. And so the swings they were putting on it, you you look at it and you're like, Fuck, I must not have been hiding. What was wrong? And you kind of fix it before it blows up on you. But you're not you're not just taking uh, you know credit for a shitty right. outing that went well. And same thing with him. When he does bad, he's a guy that's so thoughtful. I don't have a level of concern that he's not going right. to try to fix it, even if things go his way in the, the next start. Right. Still, he'll still reflect honestly, okay, I had a good start, but I got away with a lot of bullshit. Yeah. You know, I still have work to do, and he's going to keep grinding. And, and the character he has, that's why I don't really have any concern for right. him because he'll make this adjustment. He's he's too smart. Yeah. it. Uh, yeah, that, he's gotten terrific run support, and then bullpen help too. So he's 7-2. For Back in the day, people would look at, yeah, but he's 7-2. <laughs> yeah, even like, if you have a four and a half. <laughs> right, right. So, anyway, I'm really curious to see his next couple starts and uh, how he gets things turned around. I think he will. He's so smart. He's so talented that I think he will. And he'll look back on this and probably gain from it, you know, yeah. learning that, learning a little bit more how to pitch because, I mean, we couldn't realistically, there's a reason why, you know, he was the fastest to 200 strikeouts in a year. He was the fastest to 100 strikeouts in a year, beat DeGrom's record. Well, I mean, there's a reason nobody else has been able to do this kind of stuff because yeah. it ain't yeah. normal Yeah, to be able to yeah. go out there and do that. Yeah. And he is still a human being. He's not a Superman. Yeah. He's not a five foot 11 Superman that can just throw out and throw 99 to a hundred year after, you know yeah. start after start start after start month after month year after you can't just do it forever so no so he'll figure it out 
it was fun to watch while it lasted and and hopefully there's more of it but i'm not expecting it to be a, a every five days thing like it was for a while there yeah i mean it, that's a great point though it's you know, when you're doing things nobody else has ever done or setting records it's there's a reason why it's a record because it's really freaking hard to do and even harder to maintain but if it is like a, a fatigue thing you know it's Sometimes you don't really realize it. it you, you feel great, but the ball just doesn't come out the same. And that's why I'm talking about kind of reading yeah. the swings and looking up. I don't like to see pitchers peeking at the gun every pitch, but there's times where the guy puts a good swing on one, you look up, and you're normally 99, you see 95, and you're like, okay. Yeah. I definitely got away with that, and I need to recognize that and fix it. But overall, I just think that, you know, career high in innings and all that, you, you're you going to have a, a – kind of not a dead arm, but you're going to have a period where you're just not able to do the same stuff when you take on a workload like that, that you yeah. haven't experienced before. Yeah. You can't just keep pitching at a level that, I mean, the guy you beat last year, Randy Johnson, six foot 10 yeah. side arming freak first yeah. ballot hall of famer, yeah. you know, through a perfect game at 40. Yeah. And then the guy you beat this year to a hundred strikeouts was on like a Sandy Koufax-like tear before his body broke down. Now his drums yeah. hurt all the time. Yeah. So those are the two people whose records you beat. Yeah. You're not beating like normal great pitchers. You're beating like <laughs> – Yeah, it's not Rossi over Ramirez record. You're, you're, you're talking. Be <laughs> you're beating unicorn records. Yeah. You know, so you can't just keep doing that shit forever, man. You know, you get you get lulled into – because you watch him do it time after time, and you're thinking, the guy take, goes out there with no-hit stuff every time he pitches. He yeah. piles up 12 to 16 strikeouts, you know. It's like yeah. that's not normal. But you no. start thinking, okay, he could get 300 strikeouts in 200 innings. <laughs> yeah. It's, but, just, it's like you said, there's reasons why these things don't yeah. happen consistently for people. And yeah. guys that do them, you know, like Sandy Koufax, DeGrom. Break down. They're, they're putting a lot on it, and – Randy Johnson happens to be 6'10 and throwing sidearm. Okay. And it took him forever to get there, too. Look at the yeah. the games, he, the seasons he had early on when he was walking the yard. Yeah. And I do think he'll, I think he'll gain some of that oomph back on his fastball and put it all together. And if he doesn't, I trust him to make an adjustment, whether it's throwing more sliders, working on that changeup, whatever it is. I just, I don't have concern about him because he's, he's too driven. You know, he's not yeah. just he's not just showing up with his best stuff and going out drinking after the games. He's right. locked in. Right. He's put some thought into this. Yeah, that's the that's the really encouraging part. If anybody can get out of this, it'll be him. And and mm -hmm. I, I I'm like you, I really expect him to come out and get through this. Probably that's probably the worst of it yesterday, and he's had a rough stretch, but I, he'll turn it around. Yeah. All right, that's it. We got a four game series against the Rockies that starts tonight. The Braves have got their, you know, by the other thing was by using Dylan Dodd yesterday. That was really smart on Alex Anthopoulos to bring him up on short notice, use him as a 27th man. That way you didn't have to use one of those options. You only get five within an option year now. You can only move a guy up back and forth five times now. Doubleheader doesn't count. No, because he was uh, the 27th man. And they'd already done three of those options with him. Three. Yeah, and we're only so they're third. Gonna get six. Right, so they so they, and they give everybody else an extra day rest. As it was, they would have had to come up with they would have had to use Dot or somebody else on Sunday. Now it lines up; you can use your four guys lined up perfect for these uh, four games against the Rockies. Nice. So, all right, seven fifty five is real. We are out. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm.